The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. I'm going to go deal with my sarcopenia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You got an ointment for that. <laughs> Did you write it down? I wrote it down. <laughs> Just so I could whip it out at any moment and look smart. <laughs> Broadcasting from her closet, high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Phillipson. Walking the aisle of a supermarket, a health food store, a supplement shop, or even a big box store into the protein powder section. Yep, I just felt your energy constrict at the mere thought of scanning what's on offer, weighing up the claims, the promises, and then crossing everything that you're choosing with the right one amidst the downright confusion that comes from this aisle. Those massive tubs of muscle building, weight loss promising, be healthy faster proteins can not only break the bank, but also be a risky business. Risky because what if that monstrous tub tastes awful? What if it gives you the runs or maybe it makes your skin go crazy and just like your belly blowing up? And then what if it contains toxins like heavy metals of lead, arsenic, cadmium, mercury, and that dreaded bisphenol A or BPA that you've worked so hard to get every plastic out of your kitchen because you know that it's bad. There's also herbicides and pesticides or other contaminants that all link with cancer and other health conditions. And that could be in that one concentrated scoop of powder that's here, that you're throwing into your smoothie. Who wants to put a protein powder, for instance, into your smoothie with all those contaminants because we know there's huge links with all sorts of health issues and, of course, the big C and cancer. So it really is a minefield of just questions that I constantly get asked about, especially to do with this, with protein powders. There's layers of questions that inquiring minds really want to know. Because protein powder, it can be magical in its use at times, and then also just downright confusing. What is best? Do you go for whey, casein, soy, powdered egg white, collagen, pea, hemp, pumpkin seed powder, rice? What makes it best for your body, but then also best for your wallet? So today on Eat This with Leanne, quite simply, what is the best protein powder and why? There always has to be a why, right? The questions are endless. From what type of protein to how much to take to what brand is best. This is a time where a spreadsheet distillation down to a checklist would come in super handy. There's the most popular whey and casein, which both of those protein sources, will they come from dairy. Then there's bone broth powder. And then you have to keep on reading to make sure that it comes from grass fed. Yeah, that's another topic that hopefully we're gonna get into with our guests today. Egg yolk, well, there's that protein powder. 
I uh, that I had not come across before I started researching for that. And to round off the animal-based options, well, we've got those choice basically from the dairy, the bone broth, and the egg yolk. And then there's collagen, actually. I should throw that one in there. In the plant-based world, there's soy, pea, rice, pumpkin seed, hemp, chia. That gets thrown in there sometimes, but not typically just its own powder. Those are some of the combinations, parts of all the different combination protein powders that you can buy in one bag or one big container. The taste, well, that's key because of course that scoop that goes into your smoothie can ruin the whole batch. And then what? You just plug your nose and try and get it down anyway? I have been there and I have done it. And I'm totally trigger shy to really ever have to do that again. So I've actually put my protein powders quite literally on the shelf and left them there for a little while. I've advised clients who say that protein powders taste great. And no, they're not like that funky sawdust. I ask them to dig a little deeper because very often that great taste can come from, say, artificial sweeteners. So you don't increase the carbohydrate value that's in there. Or they add in sweeteners that really completely changes the state of this protein powders because you've got so many extra carbs in there and then cut out the benefit of having the protein. Eating protein isn't new. We get it from nuts, seeds, dairy products like plain, and I say plain on purpose, Greek yogurt, much higher in protein than your traditional yogurt. And then as soon as you get into yogurts with the fruity tutti, fruit bottom, whatever that looks like, that's a whole carbohydrate food that just doesn't really belong in this episode. You've got milk, you've got cheese, legumes, which are beans and lentils. And then of course there's rice and there's soy. Then you've got the more plant-based, sorry, the more animal-based fish, poultry, eggs, and lean meat. Now that's just part of our food, the macro foods that we want to eat every single day. When you've got these protein powders, the amount of protein per scoop, that can vary between about 10 grams to about 30 grams. Supplements used for building muscle will contain a lot more protein and typically supplements or protein powder supplements, that's kind of the whole mouthful of it that you use for weight loss typically contain relatively less. Now, in my own protein powder trial and error, my go-to person to ask, who's always ahead of the curve because he himself knows what to blend into a smoothie or to add into pancakes or muffins and also knows what to steer clear of. I think we can call him, well, probably almost Chris, like a regular Because every time we have him on, he blows our brains. He makes us laugh till our bellies hurt (laughs) and teaches us so much. He's like that really cool professor or teacher that you had back in college. He's that he's that guy. He's interesting to listen to. And I could listen to him all day. Yeah, he's just tremendous. Things that come out of his mouth, you just need a pen handy and uh, and you need to write it down. I do actually know a listener that pulls off to the side of the road and writes stuff down when she hears it. So shout out to you, Val, for, for being such a loyal listener and passing this on to everyone. So let's welcome on Dr. Davis Brockenshire. He is a functional medicine expert who not is only on my personal healthcare team for that of myself and my daughters, but he's also a world-renowned speaker. And you hear that as he just shares so much with it and keeps it simple so that even me, I take away so much every single time. Yeah, it's funny. You take away so much. I need to back a truck up and load up when I talk to Dr. B. Welcome back, Dr. Davis Brackenshire, to Eat This 
with Leanne. And this time, because you're pretty much a regular now, I'm going to call you my most regular guest. Today, I want to talk about something I've been asked about a lot, and that is protein powder. Pretty basic. People have it in there, you know, they have it in their cupboard, they have it on their counter, depending on the size of the canister. And I get asked about this all the time. So first of all, welcome. And secondly, can you tell us a little bit about why you think this is such a, like, a controversial might be a bit strong, but I think it is kind of a controversial topic. To protein powder, to not protein powder, do you just eat the food, do you not eat the food? And then we'll dig down into how do you choose one. Thanks for having me back, Leanne. It's always a controversy to talk with you guys. <laughs> One of the, uh, the biggest controversies is, yeah, where do you put all those protein canisters? I know, right? They're, <laughs> yeah, they're so big. So, you know, we're trying to save the planet at some level, try to do your part. Uh, you'll notice that most products uh, that are protein powders today are probably coming in bags or smaller containers. They figured out how to shrink them for shipping. Yeah, from a funk medicine point of view, the biggest challenge we have with the population is making sure they're getting good protein, yeah. digestible protein, yeah. uh, particularly the older population. Because as we age, uh, it's more important to have quality protein because you start to lose muscle mass after 50. And, uh, you know, we call that sarcopenia, if you wanted to diagnose. But... Um, you know, the landscape of the protein supplement industry is pretty daunting. And to understand as a consumer, you know, which one are you supposed to eat? Mm. And the answer is de it depends because, you know, what we call the law of biologic individuality applies here. Everybody's different. Yeah. So what your trainer might say could be different from what your doctor might say, where your naturopath says no, um, your gastroenterologist might say yes, and then the Pinterest article you read said no, but Facebook said yes. Oh. Just, <laughs> That's I'm it. I have a hot dog because I heard hot dogs are protein. <laughs> um, and you really don't know where to turn. Uh, so let's let's roll it back for a second. Understand protein as a macronutrient, right? So we've got protein, yep. carbs, and fat. Protein has four grams of calories or four, four calories per gram. Yep. Um, whereas fat has nine. And yep. alcohol has seven, by the way, just to start with that good to know and i bring up alcohol right away because chris is here and if you don't <laughs> uh, if you don't digest your protein very well you can actually convert it to alcohol oh so so people that have weak digestive systems tend to ferment their foods into alcohol so i can get drunk without consuming a single drop is that what you're saying you can if you have <laughs> enough yeast in your belly yeah wow <laughs> yeah and it's happened so the, the fundamental rule when choosing a protein powder is why do you need it? Mm, good because place to start. Protein powders are there to supplement your diet, not replace. Mm. And Leanne, you and I have talked about, you know, the, the purpose of food, right? Eat right. Why we need to eat. Um, yep. Where energy comes from, how to get the best energy. And in today's world, I would say the biggest efficiency is whole amino acid digestion because people aren't digesting their protein. Right. They're too stressed out. They can't digest their protein. Um, it just, it's not working. Either they don't make enough stomach acid 
or their microbiome screwed up, or they're just so stressed out that their sympathetic nervous system won't let themselves digest. Right. And so if you're going to supplement your diet with protein, you need to find a digestible protein. So Chris, you had me thinking long and hard about how I'm going to get you something you've never heard of. <laughs> okay, well, I'm ready. And uh, there's something called the PDCAA, which is a protein rating. Okay. And it's the protein digestible correction amino acid rating. You know, we all know that milk protein is a digestible protein, except it's the number one food allergy. <laughs> so while it's good on paper, it doesn't work well in the body. And one of the arguments around understanding protein is, you know, how digestible is it? Yeah, so yeah. Just, just to jump into a rabbit hole. What's up, President Biden said last week that Americans need to be limited to four pounds of beef per year in order to reduce greenhouse emissions. And that was based on a study from the University of Michigan that said, you know, uh, commercial growing of beef contributes to greenhouse gases. You're going to tell an American they can't eat a burger? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I can't, okay. I can't see it happening. But I mean, you might serve them a burger, but don't tell them no. <laughs> well, I mean, if, right? you, if you if you can only eat four, but then your neighbor is a vegan and her husband's a vegan, then you get their four, so now you have 12 pounds. I mean, the math tends to... It all works out, yeah. Works out. Yeah. yeah. If you really want to confuse them, start talking in kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's fantastic about this is it's based on the latest American research. But when you look at the Australian research, the Australians have figured out that one of the ways to capture greenhouse gases is to let pasture animals pasture. Mm. So let them eat grass, let them walk around. The animals then become carbon sinks. So what's cool about the Aussie research is they're saying, let's eat meat to save the planet. And the American study is saying, don't eat meat to save the planet. So somewhere in the middle, we're going to make conclusions. So here's some fundamental rules for everybody. How much protein do you need every day? Right? Place to start. We've talked about water, right? Yeah. We figured out how many ounces per pound or kilo. So one of the rules you can follow for your average human living in the Western world is you need about one gram of protein per kilogram body weight. Right. And that's just enough protein to keep you who you are, okay? To help your immune system function, rebuild muscles and bones, keep uh, your microbiome happy. So the average person is looking for anywhere from 60 to 80 grams of digestible protein a day. If you don't know what that looks like, take a look at your hand open and you need about two pieces of chicken that big. Okay. So that's about enough protein for the day. Um, Another way to look at it is you need about 10 eggs, whole eggs, but you're not going to eat 10 whole eggs because somebody Unlikely. cared about cholesterol. Yes. And, but just to, so if you wanted to know what your daily supply of protein looked like, you could put two chicken breasts out and say, that's what I need for the day. Mm -hmm. All right. Assuming you digest chicken. Right. Most Americans and Canadians are getting enough protein. They just don't digest it. Mm. And there's your digestibility index. Right. So if we're going to save the planet, somebody said we should eat insects because they're a good source of protein. Oh, no. Yeah, tried the cricket stuff before. Yeah. And well, the protein powder, actually. I have tried that. Mm. So I've got the protein digestibility ratings on some insects. Um, <laughs> of course. But to understand, you know, 
when when Leanne, Chris, when we were growing up, it's like drink your milk, shut up, drink your milk. You need your protein, right? Yes. Eat, eat your peanut butter. You need your protein. Yes. Protein is one of those things throughout history that uh, was a luxury. It was expensive. It was hard to come by. But in today's world of abundance, you can get protein anywhere. Yeah. So milk is still at the top of the list from a uh, a listed available protein food, right? On the label, it says this is good for you. But when you put it in your body, it may not be. Right. So the first thing everybody's got to remember is just because it says 60 grams on the label doesn't mean you're going to turn it into 60 grams. Yes. Good. Right? Very good point. So you you could eat a chunk of the Canadian Shield expecting to get minerals. Right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not right. going to happen. There's no hammer in your belly. No, it's not. Thor is on vacation. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when you're talking to friends, family, and clients about protein, it's really all about what sits well with them. Okay. So a simple home test is try a protein powder. Yeah. And if you get bloated, gassy, or have loose stools within four to six hours, it's not for you. Got it. Uh, and if you talk to any firefighter who's in the gym, ask them about what the fire hall smells like because they're drinking the wrong protein powders. Right. Um, All that methane. So, thank goodness none of them smoke. <laughs> well, when protein digests improperly in the body, it turns into sulfur. It smells a little weird in here. Ah, of course. Right. So, the other top protein is egg protein. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another one that's not too bad is soy. Yeah. But when you look at milk, egg, and soy, those are your top three allergies. They are. <laughs> so you're hey. kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you're up the creek. So yeah. when we look at the digestibility of protein, you asked me, what am I recommending lately? Yeah. And of course, we've got to talk about the plant proteins because yes. they're all the rage. Everybody's talking about plant proteins. Yeah. <clears throat> there is a plant protein that has the same amino acid rating as whey protein, egg protein. And it's called mycoprotein. Have so, not heard of that one. Did not uh, have that on my list. It's it's myco for mushroom. Okay. So it's fermented mushroom. Huh. What they do, and it's from a company called Aloha Medicinals. Guess where they're from? Uh-huh. Ohio. So Aloha. <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Nothing out of Columbus here. Um they they found this kind of by accident because they were researching the immune properties of mushrooms. Yes, and huge. What is when you combined the mushrooms with rice and pea protein, mm-hmm. it fed the fermentation of the mushrooms. So by weight, it's a shiitake mushroom protein. Okay. All right. How much do you need? The clinical trials have shown that it helps um, reduce inflammation in the gut when you eat it as protein. That's incredible. And so that's the mycoprotein. Um, you'll find it under the brand name Immunicist or MycoPure. If you're looking for the ultimate plant protein, you want to find one that's made from fermented mushrooms. Did not see that one coming. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I try to, you know, give you the latest. Uh, so and you do. And you do. Everybody will argue to their deathbed that whey protein is better than rice protein. Yes. That pea protein is better than whey protein. Um, if you want to have some fun, we could take a hundred CrossFitters, right? Yeah. And then just do the Pepsi challenge with different proteins <laughs> and they'd all have the same response. My tummy hurts, you know, and then they yeah. wrap till they throw up and, yeah. uh, 
at the end of the day, we, we still wouldn't know the difference. That would yeah. be an intense, <laughs> an intense <laughs> experiment. It would be, yeah. for sure. But to, to answer the question about, you know, why are people looking for this thing? And it's primarily because we know we need protein. And it, we yeah. know that from a blood sugar point of view, you want to start your day with protein. Yeah, absolutely. The blood sugar response, keep insulin down. Yeah. It sets up a better day. It does. And helps really squash the the evening munchies. Yes, absolutely. It does. <laughs> oh, uh, who doesn't have evening munchies today? No mushroom is going to squash my evening munchies. I'm you sorry. Got it. <laughs> Even if it's a chocolate covered, you know, Cory Dollars, it's not going to happen. Um, the problem people have with protein in the morning is they don't necessarily want to cook a full protein breakfast. And so what the powders do is give you the flexibility to throw together 20 to 50 grams of protein into a shake and hit the road. Yeah, it's fast. The dilemma, as you know is if you eat the same protein every single day, you can develop sensitivity to it. Anything. You can any, eat any protein. Anything. Anything. That, yeah, for so sure. You got to rotate your proteins. Right. So what's the best protein? Well, which one's the closest to the blender? <laughs> you know, um, yep. it might be whey today and pee tomorrow. It just, it it depends. And that's that's what drives people crazy because – Oh, I got this on sale at the Costco and it's a 400 pound container of Sun yes. Warrior protein, but you never read what was in it. And it turns out you're allergic to sesame seed. Yep. Oh no, what do I do? Well, you, empty, you empty it out, you fill it with water, use it as a hot tub. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, thought we were vibing. Reuse so the other component. It is, because it's that big. It, it, they're huge. The protein component in the industry is quality. Okay. And that's why the prices vary so much. Right. So if we use whey protein, and just so everybody understands that whey is a component of cow's milk. Yep. As is casein. Yeah. And there are powders with casein too. Right. So you've got casein as a protein and whey as a protein, except the problem with casein is that's a primary allergy. Right. Now, in most commercial products, processed foods, when they want to add protein to it, they'll use something like sodium caseinate or calcium caseinate, milk protein isolate. Yes. Those are the typically high casein proteins, and those are what you want to avoid. Yes. Casein is extremely hyperallergenic. And is it safe to say, because we've done an episode recently on the beta casein A2 milk, if they're in the future, maybe next to the mushroom protein, there could be an A2 casein protein. Is that going to be less likely, would you think, to cause allergic reactions or issues? Right. The food processing industry is getting very good at changing the shapes of those protein molecules so they're less allergenic. Okay. Um, but it is a cost thing. Right. So whey costs more than casein. Casein is a byproduct of butter production, really. Right. You're pulling out a lot of different things. So the question is, just like your food, right? Where did my food come from? Mm-hmm. What's the quality like? How processed is it? Yep. And do I digest it? Yep. And uh, the problem with protein powders is we don't know. Yes. <laughs> but we know they're processed foods. They are. So if you're trying to avoid processed foods, protein powders are a processed food. So what's interesting about digest- digestibility is everybody's different. And I know most people out there have tried pea protein isolate. 
because mm-hmm. it's the number one ingredient in plant protein. Yeah. Well, the reason they're using it is it's so cheap. Of course it is. It's a byproduct. But what do we know about peanut allergies? They're a legume. They're kind of a big deal, and they're a legume. Yep. MP is a legume. So one of the concerns about pea protein isolate is it's increasing the level of pea yeah. allergy. So you want to ask your clients, hey, you know, how do you really feel when you eat this stuff? Yeah. Um, the digestibility of pea protein is less than 90%. The digestibility of gluten, which is a protein, mm-hmm. is 25%. Wow. So gluten is really not that digestible as a protein. Right. As you know, it's very inflammatory. Yeah. Uh, digestibility of whey protein is almost 100%. Yeah. Very bioavailable. Yeah. Yeah. So the mycoprotein is yep. the most digestible plant-based protein. Um, I know I've seen in Canada, there's been a, a growth of the hemp seed proteins. Huge. That's been right. around for such a long time. And well, also within that, you can get something that, that was like 50% protein. Like there's different variations within different right. brands of how much protein is involved. The more protein, the less fiber, the more protein, the less taste. Yeah. Or and the less good taste. is always... Poor. So hemp seed digestibility is 66%. Mm. It's not a really good source of digestible protein, even though it says so on the label. Right. Okay. I'm Um, just going to quickly confirm. So when you say 60% and when you said 90%, 100% digestibility is your best case scenario. What's on the label, if it's digestible at 100%, is what your body will digest it into. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So if it says 40 grams of protein per serving and it's only 50% digestible, yep. you're only getting 20. 20. At yep. the best. Okay. Um, but for Chris, if you don't like hemp seed protein at 60%, you can use wasp protein. Oh, <laughs> you assume I don't already take my wasp every day. Well, right. You know, the dried stuff. <laughs> Is there seriously a wasp protein? Wasp protein. How did they come across? Who invented wasp protein? Like, who's the guy? Like, he got bit bit and then felt great. The muscles started to grow. I don't get it. This looks good, eh? (laughs) I'm swelling. It's obviously protein. (laughs) Um, We are way too smart for our own good. Okay, I get the crickets. Honestly, I kind of get it. Yeah, it didn't taste good. It was very grassy, very bitty, not not super lovely. But uh, wasps. Yeah. Like seriously, I say I, I I can say I sit in my backyard and I I ponder every time because there's always you know several wasps nests in the area. Thinking, what do they bring to the planet? What's the per? I get bees. I get ants. I don't get wasps. <laughs> Why are they here? Well, maybe that's role? maybe that's why, because we didn't know that they're the best protein source next to the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, the wasp protein. The, Seriously. Uh, the other interesting insect I found was scarab beetle. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, which is more digestible than gluten. So, you know, coming soon to a shelf near you, it'll be a bug's <laughs> life in a bag. <laughs> You've got to trademark that because that would actually be great. A bug's life a in bug's a bag. Life. For your pro, for your uh, for your new smoothies, because yeah, why wouldn't you want to have your blueberries <laughs> with some wasp or a particular beetle, which I can't even pronounce again. 
Right. So that that's the dilemma. This is the the craziness of the food industry. Um, it is. I guess truthfully. at the end of the day, everybody needs to have some kind of protein powder at home for those moments when they just can't whip up a good meal. Okay. Or they know not to have an entire box or two of craft dinner before bed, but they're hungry. Right. And you know, if you do a ton of carbohydrates and fat before bed, it's going to screw up your blood fats. You're going to have weird dreams, so on and so forth. Yeah. So having protein right before bed can even out the blood sugar. Okay. Uh, one of the tricks for elite athletes that they figured out is they need roughly 20 to 25 grams of digestible protein at bed to oh. sleep better and improve recovery. Some of the Olympians I've worked with, they will actually wake up at 3 a.m. and have a small dose of protein to keep that muscle recovery going. One of the, uh, I guess, well, he's open about it. So Hugh Jackman, who played Wolverine yeah. and was in Les Mis and all that stuff, to get Hugh ripped, he had to consume hundreds of grams of protein a day. And what was happening is the trainer would wake him up at 1 a.m., and okay. 3 a.m. to feed. Right. Because filming would start at five. Bloody and hell. so these these guys are walking around, guys and girls are walking around with these foil wrapped whitefish conglomerations or chicken or, or whatever form right. of protein it is. But when you see your favorite actor or actress on the screen, you're like, man, how do they get their bodies like that? It's uh, controlled feeding with protein and training. It's, it's a not lot of work. It doesn't just happen. Yeah, it's no. so with, with protein and training, training's important, but diet is four times more important than training. So if you're all about exercise, you should be 400% more interested in your protein sources and your, your food choices. So I figured out why I'm not ripped, because sleep is 10 times more important than any of those. Recovery is key, yeah. Wow. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutBright.com or LeannePhillipson.com. So do you think the protein powder situation came from like the bodybuilding um, yeah. arena, first of all? Because it's, it's not easy to eat that much chicken or that many eggs every single day. Well, we started with the idea that you need roughly one gram per kilo. Yeah. But the latest research shows that active stressed individuals need about one gram per pound, which is 2.2 times more. Yeah. Wow. It, it used to be thought that bodybuilders and, and powerlifters needed more protein than, say, a marathon runner. But now mm -hmm. we know it's the opposite, that mm -hmm. ultra endurance athletes need more digestible protein per pound than people that lift heavy and put heavy things back down. And what they've been able to do with protein powders is supplement during activity. Nobody wants to reach down and have a handful of jerky when you're running a marathon. No. Right? I mean, I'm sure somebody on the carnivore diet might try it, but of course, you're going to need a porta potty. So yeah. <laughs> the flexibility of having protein powder has changed the game from a performance yeah. point of view. And in the executive world, you know, we, we talk about athletes, but a, a lot of people in their day-to-day -day life are athletes. They're just not participating in sport. 
Right. They may be running the kids to hockey. Then they got to run to Tim's and pick up breakfast. Then they got to run over here and run. And they're just, ah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you burn up a lot of amino acids doing that. So having the ability to use an easily digestible protein powder helps. From the best case scenario being this lovely mushroom one from, where was it, Chris, Ohio? <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. No, I know. I'm, I... <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, if somebody's off to buy a protein powder today, not going to go and order online, mm-hmm. then what could they pick up in the store? Okay. What, what would you suggest from the way yep. to, and like you said, I've seen a lot more smaller bags, thank goodness, so that you don't have this, you know, 60 pound tub that cost you a hundred bucks of, of, of powder so that you can not only hate the taste or it gives you the runs, like you said. So can you guide us on that one? So when you're shopping, doesn't matter where you're shopping, you got to read the label. Of course. You know that, right? Read yep. the label, Ian. Yes. <laughs> With whey protein, since we're going to start with the most digestible, yep. whey protein, if it's not 100% grass-fed yes. whey protein concentrate, yes, then it's not a complete food. Okay. So try to avoid the isolates. See That's the word huge. isolate? Yep. Everywhere. You have to also think MSG because any isolate protein will have MSG in it by nature. And that'll make people feel horrendous. Some people, yeah. In they, their own right. They trip out, they get headaches, migraines, uh, anxiety, you name. Yeah, so yeah. there's your way story. Okay. Uh, in Canada, I think you can get, it's a product from a company called Designs for Health. It's called Way Cool. Yes, you can. And I'll link, I'll link that one on, on leannephillipson.com as well, because I have tried that one. It is actually very tasty. Good. It comes yeah. from New Zealand cows. Uh, if we're looking for a plant-based protein, Try whatever works for you. Just try to avoid the isolates. Okay. So get small containers of each and just see which one feels right. One of my favorites that's available on the open market is called Sun Warrior. Yes. And it's a blend of different types of um, vegan-based proteins. Mm-hmm. A little chia, a little pea, a little rice, so on and so forth. So that's easy to get. Try to avoid the hemp. Uh, it's, it's just not digestible protein. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about soy protein because we're not, we're just not going to do that. That stuff should be taken off the market. Egg protein is an option for some people. Okay. Particularly if they're not allergic to eggs and they're looking for that shock of protein. Hmm. And I bring up eggs because if you've been sick for a long time and yep. you're trying to rebuild yourself, yeah, egg protein powder is an option. Hmm. Okay, so that's and what you mean when you say a shock. Yeah, you know, if you want to, you know, hyperdose your amino acids for the day. Okay. And uh, that's the easiest thing to do. But like you, I advocate that we get our protein from food first. Yeah. And then if food is unavailable, you know, we've got our uh, our powders. Mm-hmm. The processed food market is full of adding protein to garbage to make it look better on a label. Uh, so if you see like ensure high protein. Well, it's still insure. Now it's just extra insure. So I have not done well personally with Sun Warrior and most of the plant-based protein powders. Mm -hmm. And I haven't quite nailed down why. I can do hemp. I can do straight hemp. That's fine. I can do whey for a little while. 
uh, years ago, you recommended the, was it the bone broth protein yep. powder before that went a little weird? And then that was not great tasting, but uh, bone broth taste and flavor before they put a whole bunch of stuff in it with blueberries right. and that. Nope. No, it's like blending a chicken breast with your morning smoothie didn't go well but it was it was but when I found the right one like the dark chocolate one or something like that then that was okay so I don't think that one is around as much anymore did it just change so it did they keep changing labels and names cool about bone broth is it's a great source of amino acids yeah if you make it yourself and it's high in collagen Mm. bone broth proteins rule of thumb if you're dealing with animal stuff it's got to be organic yes so if you're going to buy bone broth protein powder, make sure it's organic. Yep. That's that's a number one. The uh, All the blitz on collagen has shifted the focus from bone broth protein to bone broth collagen. Ah, so okay. your collagen powders out there come from bone. Uh, in Europe, there are three main types of collagens, and they're patented, and they're sold as medications. But yeah. in, in North America, you know, we don't need a prescription for that. So we have bone broth collagen, which is a good source of protein. Okay. Right? It's a collagen protein, not a whole protein. Right. So if you're thinking hair, skin, and nails, you're mm-hmm. thinking collagen. Yeah. Uh, shrimp is another thing they use to make collagen. Uh, bamboo is another thing. So read the label. If you're looking for collagen, make sure it has all the different types of collagen in it. Yep. But if you're allergic to shellfish, read the label. Right. And that comes under the label marine. Marine. Yeah. Yeah. Marine that comes from, I thought it was from fish. So yeah. Thanks for clarifying on the shelf. You never fish know. Because they just put marine. Yeah. That's why I try to source the stuff from Europe because again, uh, the Swedes have to patent this stuff to make it pharmaceutical grade. Okay. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be cleaner. Yeah. We don't want Roundup in our collagen. No, <laughs> no. And that, that's very possible. Yeah. Okay. So the plant-based option, we've got the the whey protein, if that sits well with you, because it still can mess up your belly. Organic rice protein is an option if you have a sensitive tummy. Okay. But there's a preparation trick. If you're using plant-based protein, mix yeah, it, yeah. let it yeah. sit for five to 10, mix it again, yeah. and it'll be more digestible because like baby formula, you have to rehydrate it. Ah, okay. And we're going to stay away from the soy for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the hemp protein powder. I think I've seen uh, pumpkin seed protein, or maybe it was pumpkin seed flour. I can't remember. Yeah, pumpkin seed protein, it's available. Again, yeah. possibly allergenic, but rotate. You know, yeah. you mix and match, and and whatever you're trying to do with your diet, supplements exist to supplement the diet. And then also, what can you do with it otherwise? Like, I know that you add protein powder to foods, to baking, right. to that kind of thing. So talk us through yeah. that. I, I didn't want to ruin the whole maple syrup pancake idea. But <laughs> yeah, um, any baked good, we like to add protein to it. So if you're making a nice gluten-free pancake or waffle or breakfast bread or something, go ahead and add 20 to 40 grams of that way cool protein okay. or rice protein. Mm-hmm. And this is where the hemp proteins come in, because as a seed base, it tends to bake well. So if you're trying to increase the protein of your baked goods, mm-hmm. go ahead and add some to it. It won't uh, change consistency too much. It actually kind of thickens and makes it a little cakier. 
I have a fantastic recipe that I will also share in the show notes of a peanut butter and banana based muffin. And because I went through a phase of not, I gave up on protein powders for a while because I just couldn't find one that didn't upset my belly or didn't taste terrible. And I more often now make these muffins without the protein powder. I don't add it in. I just make them, they're flourless, entirely flourless, but still high in protein and fat. So uh, I'll include that for, for listeners as well. So you can give that a go, but try it with or without the protein powder. Yeah. And anybody that doesn't digest protein well, you should always start looking at stomach acid first. Right. You don't make enough stomach acid or you're on acid reducers. You're not going to digest protein well. So make sure you take a digestive enzyme with acid. Yep. And don't forget, everybody, that if you don't make good quality acid, it's probably a vitamin B1 deficiency. The hydrochloric acid is found in the hypozymase, which you can get yep. on on spurtright.com. And you just said about acid reducers. And I just want to clarify that that would be something like Zantac or something that someone is taking because they have heartburn. Yeah. Prilosec, omeprazole type thing, yeah. which a lot of people do. Um, and in those cases, I'd recommend a B-complex. Cool. Yeah. All right. So anybody that's going about their day, not necessarily trying to bulk up, build up or whatever, they need about one gram of protein per kilo per day. Minimum. Minimum. If you're stressed, have more. Double it. Double it. Okay. And you can grab your calculator and do some quick calculations from pounds to kilos and then up to how much you need. And take some hemp oil because we're having a panic attack now. (laughs) (laughs) Calculate metric. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, thank you so much, Davis. As always, this has been such a burning question for so many people. So you have given more than I had in my lovely list of questions. So as always, thank you so much. And I'll put all details to get in touch with uh, Dr. B in the show notes on leannephillipson.com. So you can get all sorts of information from him too. Thanks, Leanne. Thank you. He is always someone to listen to over and over again, because as you learn more, you hear more. And while there are lots of people out there that I know just say, I just want to stay under the duvet and I don't want to know everything that you're telling me. I believe that the people that are listening to us, Chris, are those that do want to know more, even though sometimes you're like, no, 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 did not want to know that because that's my favorite thing to do. And you can't unhear it. Still good to know it. You can always go back to the old favor where you stick your pinkies in your ears and go, la, 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 la. Yeah. I can't hear you. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. But holy smokes, did he just not share? That's a lot. Like just a boatload of information from our digestion. Like I just, every single time we talk about a topic on, on this podcast and this show, it comes back to what's happening in your gut. Mm-hmm. And we could just sort of have this, eat this, you know, and get your gut working or something like that and still talk about all these topics. But I love that he just brings it down back down to the basics first. He takes a couple of steps back before we move forward into the topic. And I so appreciate that reminder for all the listeners and for myself, too, that it all starts in the gut. We've got to be able to digest the protein in order for our bodies to work, in order for for us to sleep. That piece about about the athletes or just people in general Mm -hmm 
having better sleep from having protein before bed, I think that's epic because I know a lot of people that are not sleeping well right now. And what what it, what are the midnight munchies looking like for most people? Fatty, carbohydrate-rich foods or ice cream? I know that's your personal favorite, but I've watched my kid my kids lately do the same thing. Yep. Right? It's uh, it's just a nice snack in the evening. Is that affecting your sleep? Absolutely. So that protein snack that you can have in there at some point could be a really good thing to do. So further to what Dr. B has shared with us, I just wanted to round up with a few tips of what to look for on the label. And he called this out and I just wanted to wrap it up in a nice little parcel. So if your protein is marketed with a specific type of protein, let's take whey because he definitely brought that one up. Put it back on the shelf if it says whey isolate. That is not the one that you want to get. You want to make sure that there is grass-fed on the label and make sure that the whey and there's no other ingredients and it's number one on the ingredient list. That's number one. Does your product contain artificial sweeteners? Sure, it's going to taste better, but when you go and put it in the blender or anything like that, then you want to make sure that it hasn't got artificial sweeteners. Sugar is a carb, so that's going to adjust the levels of protein that you're going to get from it. And as Dr. B said, if it says 40 grams on the label, you might only get 20 depending on the source of protein. So in order to keep that sugar low, you know that you're not really necessarily just going to blend it, be able to blend it with water and drink it. You're going to have to put it along with some real food, which is not a bad thing to do. Next up, make sure that your ingredient list is nice and short. You're buying a protein powder for the protein after all, not all the additives to make it taste great. I want you to pick a neutral flavor to get the most bang for your buck. The most versatile protein powders are typically more unflavored, maybe just a vanilla. If you get a chocolate or a peanut butter, you may not like those anyway. I've tried a bone broth one before, which I talked about earlier. Trust me, it did not go well with my blueberries or mango. Did not belong in the glass together. So I hope as always that this has been something that just up levels your understanding and your knowledge about this topic because it is definitely one that I've been asked about so many times. And in case you haven't noticed, I always try and tackle topics that you want to know about. So if there's something that you'd like us to tackle on this podcast and show, reach out to me at spurtright.com, leannephillipson.com, or also on the same social channels. And I do come back and answer. Answer. Takes me a few more days at the moment, but I definitely get back to you and I love your feedback all the time. So as always, please share this. Send it to someone who you think might need to hear it because you never know the impact and the ripple effect that something like this is going to have on someone else's life. I'm so grateful that you're along for the ride with us. And please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. 